Hi. <laughs> Welcome to the, another episode of Loathsome Things, a horror movie podcast. The another episode of the, it. The another episode. <laughs> my name is John, and with me on this fine day is my delightful co-host, Josh. It it's yes, me. it's yes. you. Awesome. Good. <laughs> How's it going, Thank sir? Thank God, it's me. It's going quite well, sir. Yeah. Uh, today we're we're talking about a movie, and uh, this movie is not going to be easy to talk about. So it's going good, but I'm scared. <laughs> you know yeah. how we talked about how horror movies don't scare us. Yeah. Talking about this horror movie scares me. Yeah, it's uh, laden with subtext. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a highly problematic product of 1964, <laughs> and and also oddly genius. Yeah, yeah, way ahead of its time, uh, a, a first in many ways, um, and and just just ab- absolutely horrifying. It, it'll, it'll, I guess we can go ahead and say we're watching Spider Baby. Yes, yeah, directed the- by Jack Hill. Yeah, officially released in 1967. Mm-hmm. Filmed in 1964 over the course of 12 hot summer days. That's right. <laughs> in the middle of the summer with no air conditioning. Yeah, in some some asshole part of California. That's right, bunghole California. <laughs> uh, Jack Hill is known for his later later career Boris Karloff movies, yeah, uh, including The Terror and House of Evil and Fear Chamber and and Isle of the Snake People. Yes, um, he also is uh, famous for directing the the early uh, films of the Pam Greer uh, acting career, including The Big Dollhouse, The Big Bird Cage, Coffee, and Foxy Brown. Yes, the classic black exploitation films. Yep, this that guy, which it's 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 yeah, it's weird. We'll get to that. Yeah, because he's super white. <laughs> he's very white. His name is Jack Hill. It's it's a uh, yeah, it's one of those. Yeah, he, he also, also made uh, oh, Switchblade Sisters. Oh yeah, yeah, those those prisony movies or mm-hmm. something. Yeah, and and the sorceress. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, from from those uh, from those days of the uh, the boobly lady fantasy movies, the boobly days of yore. Yeah, <laughs> he also made a movie called Pit Stop, which looks terrifying <laughs> because it's just a bunch of just hardcore car crash stunts. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, like, hey, what if we had two people drive cars directly into each other? <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, and roll them. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he also wrote the screenplay or the the story to the uh, uh, tragically horrible Death Ship. Oh God! Which I believe was from the '90s or early 2000s. It was a real stinker. Death Ship. I should know. I've seen it twice. <laughs> we might have to watch Death Ship. It sounds terrible. It, it's it's got at least one really amazing scene in it. Oh, good. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so this movie comes at uh, a kind. It, it's kind of a time capsule of mm-hmm. horror movies, uh, transition in horror uh, cinema. Um, it's a horror comedy spoofing the style of horror that came before it. So a lot of like nineteen forties era mm-hmm. uh, horror movies, like the spooky things in the house. 
Um, I watched this movie without realizing it was a spoof. So my initial opinion was that it was just kind of one of those. Yeah. And then I did reading and I was like, oh, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely has that older film feel, but with that kind of kookiness that you would get in some of the 60s stuff, but also some of the darkness that was really starting to seep in and, and not be so kind of uh, hinted at as it was in other movies. It's pretty much right up to the fore in this one. Yep. Yeah. This one, uh, TV Tropes lists it as an example of an unbuilt trope, which means uh, it feels like a subversion or spoof of a trope, but is actually the origin of the trope or tropes. Fascinating. Yep. So Spider Baby is the potentially the origin of the family of cannibals genre in American horror cinema. What? Uh, not, not in fiction. Yeah, that is. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say how. I mean, what an incredibly landmark achievement that is in horror. You know, yep. I, I mean, it just spawned a, one of the one of the best genres. I think one of my yep. favorites, anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. This came a a. This was filmed a full ten years before the release of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and uh, many years more than that before the release of the movie Honeydew. That's right. I was going to say Honeydew. Uh, it is also possibly the origin of the horror trope of the black guy dies first. Yeah, that was uh, that was something else. Oh, and yeah. by the way, spoiler alert: we're yeah. gonna we're gonna spoil it as we always oh. do. Oh shit! You're right. Uh, so yeah, spoiler alert: uh, cannibals and the black guy dies first. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> I'm sure everyone will be just fine. Yeah. So so let's go ahead and talk uh, a few trigger warnings. Yes. This movie is intensely problematic in its representation of African Americans in cinema. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and kind of has that place in shitty cinema history. Yeah, uh, there is incest, cannibalism, spiders, rape, and the throwing around of the word retarded. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that I will say they used this word back before it was a cool way to insult your friends, and also before it was no longer a cool way to insult your friends. <laughs> That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> So, so this movie is is troublesome, but also kind of amazing. Maybe not one hundred percent great though. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I found it incredibly entertaining. I thought. I mean, I knew it would be fun just because it was obviously silly. It's got Lon Chaney Jr. in it. It's it's sixties craziness. Um, it's called Spider Baby for Christ's sake. Mm-hmm. Um, it has I mean, so many alternative titles. I know that's right. The maddest story ever told. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Something wasn't there one? Wasn't Liver Eaters one of them or something? Yeah, Liver Eaters. Uh, also, this is this is necessary. Anything you read on the internet or listen to on the internet that talks about this movie is like, well, first let's go through the AKAs. But yeah, it's uh, Liver Eaters and also uh, Cannibal Orgy. Oh yeah, yeah, that's pretty good and kind yeah. of. Kind of fitting. Yeah, except for, I don't, well. Not yeah. so much the orgy part. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's an orgy of cannibalism. Yeah, and, and all the food in this movie is terrible, although it did make me hungry for a bag of chips. <laughs> yes, no kidding. I've never wanted chips more. <laughs> <laughs> so, so go watch this movie. It is all over the place. It is now freely available, though once it was lost... Now it is found. 
That's um, right. Yeah. And this movie was not hailed upon its release and it took a while for people to catch on to the fact that it's kind of amazing and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. This movie was lost, really kind of lost until the nineties. And then uh, a, a dubbed VHS surfaced from like a, a 16 millimeter cut of it. Oh. And, and then uh, Jack Hill, like, and I guess that kind of raised interest in it again. And then Jack Hill procured the original negative and released it himself uh, because at that point it was, it, well, it just wasn't copywritten. So he just kind of snuck under the radar and put it out himself. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. There's apparently a, uh, a nice little documentary about this movie. That's only available on the special edition DVD, which I only found out about uh, like not long enough ago to have actually gotten it delivered and watched it. Yeah. So there's good nuggets out there. Go find those nuggets and tell us about them. Absolutely. Um, that, yeah, there's some other funny things. Uh, the budget for this movie was $60,000. That seems uh, like a lot for back then. I know. Lon Chaney got 2500 of it, and then the rest of the, the uh, actors received $100 a day. Oh, wow. Which I guess that was their incentive to make it quickly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Which is, by the way, $100 a day is how much it costs to rent uh, – Lon Chaney's character's Duesenberg that he drives. <laughs> yeah, he was, was going to pop that back out too. Yes, he is the chauffeur for the weird, weird-ass family. Uh, this movie, uh, because because I saw that car and I didn't know what it was called, this movie taught me that the there is such a thing as the Internet Movie Car Database. Oh, oh yes. And so I was like, ooh, okay. <laughs> Let's find out what that fucking scooter is called, too. Oh, that I, was, that I am curious about. We'll get there oh, pretty yes. soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't take a while to get to it. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, so go watch the movie. Go watch the movie and then uh, come back and you know, we're going to have a lot of fun talking about it. Yeah. And unless, of course, if the things that we said, you're like, ooh, I don't want to watch that, then then don't. Don't worry. We'll spoil all of it for you and you'll get to uh, uh, hear our filtered version of what happens. Yeah. I mean, they, they try to be wacky and, you know, but they're, they're touching on some things like we had said also in Basket Case that are not particularly funny. So, yeah. you know, if that's the kind of thing that makes you uncomfortable, then, you know, by all means, don't watch yeah, this I, I will say this movie did a better job of giving you some uncomfortable things up front, whereas yeah. with Basket Case it like played keep away, and then at the end it was just really upsetting. <laughs> it opened its basket of horrible things. Oh God, this movie's serious, dear Lord. I was not prepared for that. Yeah, yeah. This one, this one declines in seriousness until it, it it's like a jump rope. Yeah, it gets less serious in the middle and then goes back up at the end. <laughs> That's right. It's the roller coaster of offensiveness. <laughs> Jesus. So, so go watch it or don't, and then come back, and we're going to ruin everything. Yes, John. Ruin yeah. everything. Um. Everybody dies, almost. Yeah, yeah, except for everybody, except for Peter and Anne. The Peter and Anne. Very likable characters. Yeah, who yeah. go on to, well, we'll get to that. But yeah, yeah they, they survive and everyone else does not. Yeah. Literally everyone else. Yeah, well, everyone except, else did. Except the guy who um, uh, blocks the road because they're dynamiting to build the highway or something. I guess he oh, probably yeah. 
Yeah, the the guy that had like a gunshot through the windshield of his car or whatever. <laughs> what the hell? I don't know. It looked like someone, like the passenger got sniped. Yeah. Yeah. Probably Random. another movie. The car was used for another movie. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Straight off of the set of Sergeant York. <laughs> Double duty. <laughs> so this movie bega- begins? Oh, it no. It begins. Oh, it's going to be that kind of episode. That's twice already. Um... This movie begins with a Lon Chaney Jr. spoken word silly scary song accompanied by cartoon credits. Yes, it certainly does. And wow. <laughs> it's very wow. It is very of a time and I'm not sure what time it's of. <laughs> yeah. It's uh it's been covered a few times. I, I forget oh I forget God. by who, but I know that I, I believe it was a, a metal band covered it at one point. That makes sense. I yeah. can also see this being a badass dubstep. Yeah, bass drop. Yeah, oh my god, it's uh, it's pretty great. It it's definitely uh, telling you, hey, this is a movie and there's stuff, but also be laughing. (laughs) That's right. Always be laughing. Yeah. Um. So then, (laughs) once the song is over, which basically is a whole song about like eating people and stuff and bugs. Um, it opens onto a frame narrative where we see some douche and he is looking at the dictionary of rare and peculiar diseases and tells us about the Mary syndrome. Yes, that's the crazy Mary family. Yeah. Yeah. Only the descendants of Ebenezer Mary get this thing, and it's a a age regression problem that uh leads uh them to revert all the way back to the prenatal condition of inhuman savagery and cannibalism. (laughs) Yeah, that's the prenatal condition. Yeah, whatever the the fuck that means. (laughs) Um, And he says, of course, there's no Mary syndrome anymore. It was extinguished forever. And then it gets all wavy and a transition occurs. Yeah, we get a a a (laughs) one of those (laughs) without the sound. And it opens on uh, <laughs> it opens on Mantan Morlin, um, oh boy, and he is riding a motorcycle or something. It's very Marlon Brando looking. He's got sunglasses on, and he's just like got his little like Revan thing going. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it like we see a a bigger a bigger view of it, and it turns out instead of being on a awesome motorcycle, he's on a Cushman truckster. Ah, nice. Yes, a little, uh, well, we couldn't afford a real vehicle, so use this. Got this weird delivery vehicle. Yeah, it's the front of a motorcycle on the back of a shittier motorcycle. <laughs> Three wheels and a little tiny flatbed. Very, very strange little little vehicle. Yeah. He's trying to find a place, which means who knows how far he's driven. Yeah. But he's he's trying to find the Mary house and... He sees some some children and asks them if they know where that house is. And uh, Jesus Christ, apparently their mother is not okay with this man talking to her children. I can't imagine why. <laughs> well, my uh, my immediate reaction was the same, and then but then later there's a there's a bit where uh, Lon Chaney's character, whose name is Bruno, okay. uh, Bruno tells a story about how some kids climbed over the fence and got on the property one time, and he uh... just they. He was barely able to save them before, you know, the, the kids got to them. So I'm wondering, 
I'm wondering if that was what it was about. I'm hoping that's what it was and not because he's, he's a black man, but uh, yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Mantan Moreland, I guess we should go ahead on do, do a little aside about Mantan Moreland. Yes. Uh, he is most famous for being Birmingham Brown on the Charlie Chan movies. Yeah. And uh, he, whoa. Um, how to say the things. <laughs> he was also a stand-up comedian. Yeah, stand-up comedian. Um, he was basically out of work from the mid-40s to this point because he was famous for playing comedic African-American roles as a, a scared and slow-witted caricature, basically. Yeah, it's, and, uh, uh, it's, speaking of problematic. Yeah, and uh, apparently at a certain point in the mid to late 40s, that fell out of favor in America. I didn't realize that was when anything like that happened. Well, yeah, if this movie's any indication, it came back. <laughs> yep. Uh, and uh, so so he ended up, like, unemployed for a long time because, no, like, he was uh, basically a a symbol of that caricature in Hollywood um, and this uh, this movie came kind of around his uh, he had a, a later in life resurgence in his career. Yeah, I like that his career was blacklisted because white people felt bad. Yeah, yeah, white people felt guilty about stuff. Therefore, uh, this guy can't have jobs. Yeah, this guy starves. Yeah, uh, it's a it's an entire topic that I am not qualified to speak on. <laughs> Well, yeah, not, nor I. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, uh, go go read about him and stuff. Uh, it's it's interesting. And uh, a few years after this movie came out, he died of a br sudden brain aneurysm, dead. Wow. Yeah, sucks. Now, uh, Manton Moreland is uh, in more recent times uh, m probably fairly familiar to a lot of our listeners who don't even realize uh, much as I didn't until. I had read, I had actually looked this up a long time ago and then forgot about it. And then I was talking to a friend of mine recently and this subject came up and, and I looked it up and I was like, Oh, it's this guy, Manton Moreland. And then I forgot about it again, like an idiot. And then we yeah. were watching this movie and it all of a sudden it dawns on me that this, this is the same guy who is used on a sample on the beastie boys record with the infamous line, if I knew it was going to be that kind of party, I would have stuck my dick in the mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> One of the greatest lines of all time. <laughs> Amazing. It's so good. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, what a, it must have been a great routine. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. So, so this is him, and he is delivering a a an official letter to the Mary family. Mm -hmm. So he he finally makes his way down the street, which it it seems strange that he would because it's just some weird little side road. And he has he, no idea how to get there either. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't know how to get there. Uh, this is way back before GPS, and I was, it made me realize, wow, everything must have just sucked way more back then. Yeah, he he's basically just riding through the California countryside trying to find some house that's clearly like already I mean he's already off the beaten path and then this house is off of that beaten path. Yeah. 
yeah it's a he's a yeah it's not good but he finds the gate they have a they have a chained up gate with a sign that says mary house mm-hmm. uh and uh just as he gets up to it his motorcycle dies he uh the the chain on the gate just falls off whenever he touches it and uh he's um i guess the idea is that he is comically afraid yeah he's he's doing the the really just just yeah it's mm-hmm. very uncomfortable yeah, I I am white, and I this makes me uncomfortable. Yes, <laughs> like wow, this is so bad. Yeah, uh, he goes up to the house and asks, you know, hollers if people are inside, and then sticks his head through a open window and asks if anyone is in there. Then, of course, the window uh, shut slams down onto him, having him kind of trapped inside. At which point, a a young woman comes out. She has large knives and a silly little net and is talking about spider stuff and throws her net on him and then begins slashing his head over and over and over again. That's right. It was so crazy. Caught you in my spider web. And now the spider gives you a big sting. Yep. Yep. And then every time she's stabbing him, sting, 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 Mm -hmm. sting. Yeah. She's having a great time. He is making almost no noise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's very strange. We can see his his legs flailing. We see uh, the only piece of gore that we see is his ear and the flap of skin around it falls onto the floor. Yeah, and it clear. I mean, it's not plastic. We know that. <laughs> <laughs> it looks so real. It. I mean, it's it was remarkable. I clearly and clearly also a direct influence on David Lynch in Blue Velvet. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I don't, maybe it was because they, they find an ear. <laughs> um, and yeah, but uh, so so we don't we don't see all of the cuts, but we do see her just swinging over and over again. So, you know, that that shit is wrecked. Yeah. And I think you hear the, the ch- 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 yeah. knife sound. And that's this character is Virginia. She's the brunette of the sisters mm-hmm. and she will be modeling the two knife combo. Yes. Yeah, she she is the one that's super into playing spider and uh and stinging things with her uh knife fangs. Yeah, she's uh she's she, she had to be I forget what her age is here. She's got to be just super young. Um her The actress was 17. Was she 17? Okay, that's right. Yeah, her name the actress's name is Jill Banner and she uh she was uh later became Marlon Brando's one of his ladies. Yes. Yes. And she was working with him when she died tragically in a car accident. She yeah. Was horrible. A drunk driver. Yeah. She's only like 35. Yeah. It was a shame. I think she had gotten out of acting, right? She, she had kind of left mm-hmm. Hollywood for a while and then she came back doing some like more like work inside the business less as an actor, I think. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, a lot of these people didn't go on to, uh, long acting careers yeah yeah only only one person in this movie who um has a celebrated acting career is that is that peter that would be lon chaney oh yeah yeah yeah. lon chaney jr anyway lon chaney jr although this was near the the end of that yes yes he was he was clearly uh uh about to sweat to death (laughs) yes <laughs> I'm gonna need another beer and an empty beer bottle for the sweat. Dear God. <laughs> um, 
So uh, while she's doing all of this, her sister comes in and she's like, Virginia, no, you're bad. Bruno is going to hate you. And then she gives a little like smug head tilt look that uh, becomes her signature throughout the film. That's right. She's she's a very strange person. Yeah. Yeah. Lots. Very expressive. Uh, Yeah. So. So her sister is Elizabeth. Uh, she's Virginia. Virginia's expression through this movie is like almost never different. It's just kind of like a blank staring off into the middle distance. Mm-hmm. Where, whereas Elizabeth is always doing all kinds of full range expression nonsense. <laughs> Elizabeth is very acty. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. We see uh, transitions. We see Lon Chaney Jr. is driving the Duesenberg J. Um, uh, he notices the scooter on his way through the gate that the car can just barely fit through. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and, and he, uh, he, uh, what, uh, oh, you, and you can, like, when he gets out of the car, you can already see, like, the, the, his hair sticking to the back of his neck. Like, yeah, just, it's drenched. Yeah. Scene one, sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> scene one, covered in baby oil. <laughs> Uh, and he asks them about what's going on. He sees the the uh, guys taking out of the fucking window. Yeah. And uh, Elizabeth tattles on Virginia, and he said, you should hate her. And then he's like, I told you, it's not nice to hate. <laughs> That's right. <sighs> it's such a good influence on them. Yeah. <laughs> what a great man. <laughs> oh, my God. And then Virginia runs to the car because she wants to see Ralph. Ralph, 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 Ralph. Yeah, apparently they forgot Ralph in the car. <laughs> so Who has she... died of heat exhaustion. <laughs> yeah, and uh, they open up the car and Ralph is a, uh, <laughs> Ralph is Sid Haig. <laughs> Ralph is a one Sid Haig. Yeah. <laughs> None other than one entire Sid Haig. And he is enormous and bald and terrifying. Really scary looking. <laughs> Wearing like some sort of fucking Puck Finn short pants or whatever. I don't know. What the fuck I, is he wearing? I, I, would, I kind of hoped you would know what his outfit words were because I didn't. Oh, Jesus. And then later he's dressed like some sort of weird fucking gaucho or something. Like a weird, like a weird, like little rascal school child. <laughs> like he plays tambourine in Jack White's band. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i didn't realize that sid Haig could be more terrifying than uh in his later career this is the beginning of his career and he is just a monster <laughs> so horrible <laughs> i mean he's great but the character is the worst oh yeah the character the character is, is the worst sid Haig, amazing oh, great yeah. job rest in power you rest your power sid you sick man <laughs> oh um they have a whole thing um he sets them all down to talk about uh that this and the time that virginia almost killed those children Mm. and how they have to behave whenever he has to take ralph into town to go to the doctor and he he tells uh tells uh virginia she can never play spider ever again Mm -hmm. and that's when ralph is digging around on the dead body and pulls out the letter and uh, they're like, hey, let's see that. And that's when we find out uh, 
Oh, what? Uh, we've got some secrets to keep today, children, because the people are coming. That's right. They've got relatives that are going to come, and and the children, so to speak, will be their guardian, or they will be their children's guardians. Yep, yep. So they have to shove the wrapped body down the dumbwaiter, and yes. and the hand crank dumbwaiter. That thing's awesome. Yeah, it was. It was really good, and I don't really. I don't really understand all of all of the dumbwaiter business, but it was it was a really good uh, really good set piece for this movie. Yeah, it was it was kind of almost a centerpiece, and and uh, Ralph really likes the dumbwaiter. Yeah, Ralph just just <laughs> folds himself up <laughs> and goes up and down at the dumbwaiter. <laughs> Sid Haig, pistolero contortionist. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, then th- we get a whole scene of them mopping up the mess and yeah. it, for a black and white movie, it did a really good job of, of, uh, communicating just how disgusting mop water can be. <laughs> That's right. It really came across. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great cinematography on that disgusting mop water. <laughs> Uh, we cu- we don't really see it like they they don't like show it I guess because it looked so fake but uh but uh what's her nuts uh Virginia picks up the ear and puts it in a box for later mm-hmm. um and uh they want to she wants to watch Uncle Ned do his thing but they're not supposed to and we figure out that Uncle Ned is down where the dumb waiter goes and he sounds all groany yeah like that was. That wasn't creepy at all. Yeah, so so Uncle Uncle Ned makes groaning noises, and there's also meowing sounds mm-hmm. and, and piggy noises. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And we find out that in addition to Uncle Ned being in the basement, there's also Aunt Clara and mm-hmm. Aunt Martha. Yeah. They're down there with Uncle Ned, but we don't get to see them right now. We don't see them. We just hear their animalistic uh, sounds. Yeah. <laughs> Terrifying. That's <laughs> yeah, really horrible. Transition to Aunt Emily and Uncle Peter. They're in a 1963 Cadillac Eldorado Biarritz. 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 Sure. Uh, It's a very nice car. Yes, it is. Yeah. They are cousins of our Mary family. And according to Emily, uh, Peter doesn't have ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Emily is kind of a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Peter is kind of a, a adultish but a harmless nice guy. Yeah, like some some sort of just mediocre white person that gets rewarded unfairly. <laughs> First time ever. <laughs> well, all this wealth just landed in my lap. Oops. <laughs> I was nice to people and got rewarded for yeah, it. Yeah, I couldn't pick up on cues. <laughs> Uh, so they get there, uh, they're at the gate, the lawyer isn't there yet, and uh, she makes fun of him for being chicken, because he doesn't want to go and he wants wants to wait. He says it's not right to just go barging in on someone you're about to sue. Mm-hmm. Um, then she goes up to the house, sticks her head in the same window as, as uh, Matt and Moreland did, and uh, just barely escapes the the window coming down on her and then she looks to her right and there is enormous Ralph looming at her with all the teeth. <laughs> That's right. Pointing and just being to just being very Ralphish. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just horrifying, horrifying man. 
So she runs back to the car and declares, there was a baboon. Oh, God, yeah, that's right. <laughs> did, you, did you take note of his response? No, I can't remember what it was. Oh, he says, well, let's not have a double duck fit. Oh, nice. <laughs> because what the fuck is this movie? Yeah, a double duck fit. Was that a saying back then? <laughs> I guess so. I don't, I'm not familiar with it. A double duck fit. <laughs> duck duck fit? nice great jokes <laughs> yeah and uh then it changes we see bruno is driving a horrible lawyer man with a hitler mustache and his assistant in the the dusenberg or dusseldorf i don't know what it's called dusenberg dusenberg um and uh there's a whole bunch of business they pull over to the side of the road there's a bunch of business about uh whose job it is to roll down the window that separates the front seat from the back seat oh that's like this this zany back and forth that goes on for way too long it takes a long time of of back and forth and finally the assistant has to tell mr schlocker that uh, actually the little handle to roll down the window is back here with us yeah um so that finally gets resolved after a very long time. We find out that they, they have to wait here because they are making explosions happen up ahead to make, uh, make way for that new highway coming through. And, and I'd just like to point out here, um, what is the point of this whole like block the highway thing? What does this have to do with the story? Well, you see, um, <clears throat> there has to be a reason later in the movie for there to just be some explosives laying around. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Otherwise, who could say? Just just to uh, set the tone for people not getting Mister Schlocker's name right. Oh my god! <laughs> Couldn't Bruno have just, or, or you know, whoever wanted the explosives, just kept them hidden somewhere just in case? Yeah, like near a, a hot water heater. Yeah, and yeah. then and then cut out the whole. Uh, okay. Well, anyways, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it also opens the door for him to have to go all the way somewhere to get the explosives. That's true. Yeah. Get him out of the house for a second so that more things can happen. More horrible, horrible things can happen. <laughs> um, so let's see. Um, There's, they start talking about the kids and the situation and, you know, that's the R word starts getting thrown around way too much. Yes, yes. Uh, and a full explanation. Uh, he says, you see, you see these, uh, the kids are there. You might call them retarded. And he's like, well, I, I guess so, considering, you know, that they've never been to school. And he's like, no, it's not like that guy. <laughs> Jeez, it's yeah, so, it's, that's, uh, that's very awkward. It's very uncomfortable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't worry, the movie's not done being uncomfortable. No, no. This no. is just a warm-up. Yeah. Um, so it's like a whole, like, he's trying to explain it, but trying to explain it by not just coming out and saying things. Mm -hmm. um, it's fine. There's a whole thing where he's like, well, we appreciate your assistance, and I, I think that, you know, it's important not to forget the people that helped move things along, to which Bruno is very confused. Um, then they all get there, and everyone gets out, and and Emily and Peter meet Mr. Schlocker and Anne, who is the assistant. And uh, Bruno asks them all to act nice and don't encourage the kids. Otherwise, they might act wild. Mm-hmm. And 
Bruno comes up and the dumb waiter to greet them and Ralph. And, uh, uh, Bruno. Ralph. <laughs> I'd love to see Sadie Jr. just pour out of that thing. <laughs> Slide out like a giant, horrible womb baby. <laughs> like a greasy jellyfish. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So yeah, introductions all around. Yep. Everyone gets to meet everyone else. Yes. The kids are... are horrified of these visitors and the visitors are horrified of the children except for peter yeah peter thinks this is great yeah peter's like just he's down to clown yeah yeah when ralph comes up the dumb waiter and unfolds himself he's like no it's just a it's just a big kid this is great <laughs> what a clever way to get around <laughs> <laughs> just Hot a dog. big kid just an enormous kid huge unfolding horrible monster child i never realized that sid Haig was 700 feet tall <laughs> yeah. uh that's when we get the the first of many speeches about how bruno gave their father a solemn oath that he has to just keep talking about over the course of this movie mm-hmm. the whole regressive disease the merry yeah. disease and yeah. inbreeding and blah 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 yep and uh uh I would, I'll never let their malady become the object of public scrutiny. And, uh, like, for instance, in a movie. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's when you see the, uh, the, the, the three kids over in the corner with Ralph still in the dumbwaiter. And, and uh, one of them's like, they're talking about us. And the other one says, I know. And then they're they're talking about other stuff, and it goes back to them, and they're like they're talking about Uncle Ned, and the other one goes, "I know." <laughs> yeah, it's it's sufficiently creepy. Yeah, they're creepy. They're haughty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, we find out that Uncle he says Uncle Ned's in a more private institution. Yeah, the basement. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, all 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 sorts of things get going on, and. Um, well, we discover that the the gang is going to spend the night, much to Bruno's shock. Yeah, yeah, he's you, know, you can't stay for dinner. Our diet is so austere. Yeah, <laughs> he was right about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so we we find out that Virginia can sense bugs and uh, eat them because she's out in the lawn and she is like, "Ooh, I think there's a bug underneath that rock." Yes, the giant mushroom-covered lawn. Yeah, yeah, horrible lawn. Yeah. (laughs) And so while she is hunting for mushrooms and bugs, we see Ralph hunts and kills a cat. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) Because they need something to eat for dinner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they need (laughs) meat to serve the guests. Oh, boy. Um, So... That's when, uh, so it moves to dinner, and this dinner scene is like, <laughs> if you will, the meat and potatoes of this movie. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, it, uh, we see Ralph comes up the dumbwaiter wearing his horrible little, like, schoolboy outfit. Um, the, uh, Bruno is congratulating Virginia for doing so well. Peter thinks this is all great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, He's just tickled. Yeah, Virginia uh, goes and feeds her tarantulas so that they won't come out during dinner. Yeah, Winifred, I think she says, one of them. Winifred and Barney. That's right. Yeah. 
And uh, then when they all sit down, Ralph is sitting across from Schlocker and just making direct eye contact. (laughs) (laughs) And wearing a bib, by the way. Yeah, wearing a bib. Oh, yeah, we forgot to mention, uh, whenever they got out of the car, you get to see just how (laughs) insignificantly tiny Mr. Schlocker is. Yeah, he he looks like a child with a Hitler mustache and his cigar. Yeah, he is. He like tops out at four foot, four foot nine maybe, and he just looks really great standing next to Ralph and Lon Chaney. Oh, and fun factoid: the oh, actor, the actor's name is Carl Schanzer. Okay, um, and he was the he was apparently the inspiration for Francis Ford Coppola's The Conversation. Oh which is a great film. And uh, apparently because he had, he was in, he and one of the other actresses, uh, Mary Mitchell, the one that plays Anne Morris, they were both in dementia 13. um, uh, Coppola's horror film. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, so he was friends with uh, Carl Schanzer was friends with Coppola. And he had also worked for some time as a private investigator and he had told some of his crazy stories to Coppola and apparently was partially the inspiration for the conversation. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. That's it's awesome. Pretty cool, actually, because that's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, I guess it, it's worth noting that uh, this this dude, I don't remember his name already. Uh, Mr. Schlocker? No, Car- Jack Hill. Jack, oh, Jack Hill, Hill was uh, college buddies with Francis Ford Coppola, and they did a lot of work together back in the day. God, that's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, with tiny, tiny Mr. Schlocker, yep. um, is being difficult at the dinner table. Yep. Uh, they say dinner is served. That's when they see the uh, roast cat, and uh, then there is speculation about what it is. No one ever confirms what it is, but Peter is just like, "No, that's great. I'll carve." Yeah, he's like, "It's rabbit, obviously." Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's when you can see the severe, like, sweat circles on Lon Chaney's shirt. Oh. Uh, we find out that the family is vegetarian, and, and uh, uh, Elizabeth's like, we don't eat dead things, and they, her, the two sisters share a smug look. Yeah, that's right. What, because And uh, Bruno's explanation is that it, it accelerates their regression or something like that. Yep, yep. Eating flesh hastens the progress of the condition. And then, of course, Bruno immediately starts eating. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And uh, as soon as they're done carving up the cat, Ralph grabs the uh, what's left of it and just starts eating it directly into his face. It was so great. (laughs) And 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 Bruno's explanation is he can eat whatever he catches. (laughs) Yeah, Jesus Christ. Which makes what happens later questionable until a little bit after that when you're like, oh, okay. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah. Now it's questionable in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. So other than uh, Peter and a little bit Anne, Anne just gets like a little slice of the cat. Uh, Peter serves himself some cat and then Ralph eats the rest of it. Other than that, they have other things to eat, like souffléed fungi. Souffléed fungi, yeah, uh, that which uh, it grows profusely on the grounds, which we saw earlier. But rest assured, v- Virginia picks the non-poisonous ones. You, yeah, uh, Schlocker's got the the huge serving tray of like gross mushrooms, and of course, Peter's like, "Come on, Schlocker, don't hog the stuff." <laughs> yeah, because clearly it's delicious. Yeah. 
yeah so they they serve it around and the girls uh, he he serves the girls the girls say thank you he come he looks to schlucker he's like see they're polite at, at this point ralph just reaches into the bowl for handfuls of <laughs> souffled fungi i like the bowl of garden greens <laughs> yes. it's just it, hay it's just it's just huge wads of dry twigs and grass <laughs> That's the that's the undressed salad. Bruno's like fresh garden greens. <laughs> oh, what a horrible meal! Uh, somewhere in here, Ella, Emily gets fed up and pulls out a bag of chips, rips yeah. it open, and just starts crunching away. Oh my god! That was the point where I was like, "There's got to be some chips in this house. I need chips. That looks amazing." <laughs> and then the girls are eating some black stuff with like a bug in it or something, and. The one thing it, Peter didn't want to eat. Yeah, I th- yeah. He, even he was like, "Oh, I don't think so." I, and I think it was just Virginia eats the the gross bug slop. Okay. Yeah. That's horrendous. Yeah, because uh, because uh, all throughout this movie, anytime uh, any of the times that uh, Virginia eats spiders, um, Elizabeth thinks that's gross. Yeah. And that spiders shouldn't eat other spiders. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, they have a they have a whole conversation about staying the night, and Bruno doesn't think that that's good for all of these reasons that he won't quite say. And Anne says he means they're vampires. <laughs> yeah, no, not quite. <laughs> and of course, then Peter is into this, and that's where this movie gets its weird little thing. Is are you a horror film fan, Miss Morris? That was great. Yeah, she loves Dracula. She loves Frankenstein. She loves the money, mummy. And she even does, uh, like, he does the, I love the way he walks, the step scrape, step scrape. <laughs> That's right. And then she brings up the wolfman and does a whole growly face. Yeah. Yeah. Nice little reference to uh, Lon Chaney. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and that's when it, it switches over. We see Bruno. He's like, there's going to be a full moon tonight. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so ridiculous. It's 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 real weird. Uh, the music at that point tenses up and we go to a shot of Ralph, who's got a mouthful of cat and both of his hands. He's just like holding the cat corpse and his, <laughs> has his face full of meat and is staring directly into the camera while chewing. <laughs> A beautiful shot. It is. It is a beauty. Uh, Then it switches over to Elizabeth, who stares into the camera knowingly with a smirk. And uh, and then it moves over to Virginia, who stares into the camera while crunching down a spoonful of spider slop. (laughs) Yeah, this is this is the point at which we realize that uh, Peter and and Anne are kind of, hey, yeah, yeah, because then, it, yeah, it pans over to them, and they're watching all of this happen, and they're like, uh, <laughs> okay. How about we bone? <laughs> yeah, let's go bone instead. <laughs> um, and decides maybe she shouldn't stay here tonight. <laughs> and they come up with a plan that Peter will take her into town to find a motel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they, they leave at that point, right? Yeah, they, they take off. They're going to get drunk. Deuces. Hit bars, I think they said, and then stay in a hotel or something. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, because, uh, he's like, hey, would you like to get a beer at the inn? And she was like, yes, and how about a sandwich? (laughs) 
Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, oh, but not before uh, they have a whole conversation about spiders. And uh, Virginia asks Uncle Peter if he likes spiders. Mm -hmm. Oh, sure. And would you like to play spider with me? And he said, maybe tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Famous last words. Yeah. And uh, let's see. Uh, we see Schlocker spying on Ralph as Ralph tries to take the leftovers down the dumbwaiter. Mm -hmm. uh, Ralph sees him. Yeah. And <laughs> just pretends that that's not what he was doing. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Ralph's pretty pretty clever at that one. Yeah, yeah, he's on the ball. <laughs> he gets a big old smile about it. He's terrifying. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, he is. Awesome. He's horrific. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, yeah, that's whenever uh, Elizabeth and Virginia have a whole conversation outside of their uh, uh dad's bedroom mm -hmm. about how uh, elizabeth's like i hate them uh, virginia thinks mr schlocker looks like a big fat bug mm -hmm. um and then uh elizabeth asks if virginia thinks that uh, ass is playing spider any fun and she's like oh you bet <laughs> and then they go to kiss dad goodnight and we see that their dad is a skeleton with hair wearing jammies laying down in a bed <laughs> that's right daddy in his jammies skeletal dad it's real weird i'm not exactly sure why that detail is there <laughs> just yeah it was it was strange yeah and the, the whole the, the whole plot of this movie revolves around the fact that that guy is dead right because they're 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 doing his estate I, th I i don't really know if that's what precipitated it but i mean that would make sense except that he's clearly been dead for a very long time. <laughs> I guess maybe at a certain point he was finally legally dead. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Who knows? Yeah. Um, uh, so so Schlocker goes snooping around, uh, including a bunch of silly business where he's there's all of these taxidermied animals, but then he gets scared because one thing that he thought was a taxidermied owl was an alive owl, and it spooks him. Yeah, and there's like blood splatter all over the walls, it looks like. Yeah. Or spatter yeah. or whatever. Yeah, it depends. Just, yeah. I guess it depends on how it gets there. <laughs> yeah, that's what it looks like anyway. Yeah. Um, oh, we see Emily uh, bars her bedroom before mm -hmm. she gets ready for bed. <laughs> I wouldn't say that's what she does. <laughs> well, but as in like strips down. Yeah. <laughs> So she's in her, uh, just in her, her bra and she's got her, she's like got her skirt on still, but she's playing with this little, she's playing with clothes that she's found in the closet. Oh, is that where she got them from? I think I, so. Okay. Okay. I didn't, I didn't catch that deet. But I mean, it, it, maybe they were her clothes and she had hung them in there. I have no idea, but she's dancing, you know, she's doing the, it's kind of one of those things where she's dancing around in the mirror with someone else's clothing on that always kind of do that in movies. Yeah. And it is, it is, uh, in case you were worried, yes, it is lingerie, including a like clear black lace cape. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, which, which just happens to go perfectly with the lingerie she's already wearing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so so she is uh, she has gone from barring herself into the room to just traipsing around in lingerie in the bedroom, checking herself out. Yeah, it's pretty. Apparently, she got over her discomfort very quickly. <laughs> yeah, oh, this place is great. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, we see that Ralph has uh, uh, Spider Man down, where he is now <laughs> upside down in her window and is spying on her 
being all lingerie out. Yeah, which is great because uh, apparently for that scene, they had his ankles tied and they were just dangling him in front of the window. Great. And he he hated it and was panicking, so they had to do it as quickly as possible. Good. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah, it's like, I do not believe that we're doing great work here. Yeah, he was not happy to be hung upside down. Wow. (laughs) And he just continued to go on and do every single movie that this director ever did for the rest of his career. (laughs) I know. (laughs) No shit. Uh, Um... So let's see. Um, we find uh, Mr. Schlocker continues his snooping. He finds the ear and just is like, eh, puts it back. Yeah. Uh, he makes his way down, uh, figures out the hidden door trick and makes his way down to the really, really badass basement. Yeah. that This whole section of him sneaking around the house is very like 50s haunted housey. Yeah. Very much that kind of feel. It's got the music is super dramatic and... Um, you know, I mean, if, if at that moment, it could easily have been one of those movies, you know, but, uh, yeah. So anyways, he ends up in the coolest basement ever. Yeah. All all of it, like every column arches over to the next column. It's, it's awesome. Cobwebs everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was cool. Yeah. You think Vincent Price is probably going to have a pendulum set up in a corner. (laughs) Correct. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, then there's this whole thing where he, he sees the, uh, extended family down in the little like sub cellar area mm-hmm. and, uh, Virginia and Elizabeth are looming over him, blocking the stairways up. Yeah, that he, was great. They're backlit. Yeah. So they're only in silhouette. Yeah. You just see the shape of their hair. Yeah. That was a really cool shot. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he starts protesting, saying that this is beyond the bounds of good taste. Yeah. Uh, and then it, there's, th- yeah, this, you're right. That is a, a, it was an interesting lighting choice. And it continues like light. This is where lighting gets real, real weird. In the mm-hmm. movie. Um, all of a sudden the light flashes on their faces and they, they are like, you know, he's going to tell, kill him. Yeah. And so the whole time he's just whining and saying, there are procedures for this kind of thing. Things can be litigated. I know. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Virginia is stabbing him with knives and, and Elizabeth goes to get the pitchfork and pitchforks him all the way to death. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's a great scene. Yeah, meanwhile, the uh, the uncle aunts and uncles are like reaching up from below the floor to grab at his feet and jump. Yeah, I like that part. I, I love the. I loved his line. This isn't right. There are proper procedures. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The whole time, the whole time, this whole movie, we haven't mentioned it. This whole time, he's he's uh, smoking long, thin cigars. Just will not be not smoking those cigars. Yeah, he's. You clearly, they clearly don't want you to like him. But just in case you might like him a little bit, they gave him a Hitler mustache. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so even through all this, he's still is chomping down on that cigar while yelling his protests. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty great. Yeah. And um and it, it it'll it'll show up one more time, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um let's see. Uh stabbed in pitchfork, Bruno sees his body go up the dumbwaiter. Yeah, this is it where the the cigar is still in his mouth but it's like broken and twigged off. Yeah, that was great. He's dead with his eyes open. Yeah, and so like Bruno's on the main level, and he just hears the dumbwaiter going from the lower level up, and he just like looks over, and and there's Mister Schlocker dead in the dumbwaiter, making its way all the way up to the third floor. 
Yeah. He was going to tell. Yeah. 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 Please don't hate me. She made me do it. <laughs> and at this point, I'm now starting to um, fear for Lon Chaney Jr.'s life because he's clearly dehydrated, sweating. He's probably lost half his body weight and sweat. He's completely drenched at this yeah. point. Yeah. It doesn't help that he refused to drink water, only gin for Lon Chaney. <laughs> Even wipes his own brow. It's it may be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. Uh, he is. He is one dripping fine actor. <laughs> and and from here on out, everyone's pretty sweaty. But he, of course, is the winner. Oh yeah. It, it, I guess it makes sense that they were like, you know what? If we're gonna run around outside, we just we have to be in nothing but underwear. <laughs> yeah. We cannot do layers. Give me a shift. Yeah, the girls were wise. They were yeah. barely clothed. Emily, of course, took it to the extreme. Yes, the extreme of gross <laughs> lace skin tight to your body. She looked like a like a 1950s lingerie model just running around. Yeah, Not gratuitous in any way. No, no. Um, and so they have this whole thing. Uh, and he says, don't worry, I'm not going to hate you. I, I told you it isn't nice to hate. He has a whole speech. It, it's very, it's very, uh, yes, Lon Chaney, moment to shine actor man. Yeah, I, I, I had already read about that in advance, so I was kind of wondering when that, you know, waiting for that to happen. And he actually did do a pretty good job. Oh, yeah, he and, delivered. And apparently, I don't know, did you read about the the reaction to his his acting in that scene from the like, crew and stuff? Like about how everyone had to just like stop and applaud him? Yeah, when he left the sta- when he left the set after that scene, he got a standing ovation for five minutes from the crew. Wow! And everyone was crying. Wow! <laughs> really? Like, Jesus, how much weed were you guys smoking? <laughs> yeah, it's very hot. It's very hot. Yeah, it's, it's just kind of wearing on your emotions. Yeah, they're all on the cusp of heat stroke. <laughs> that was the best acting they had ever seen. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so good. Uh- Later on, they're like, what the fuck was that? I, oh, that was the yeah. dumbest thing I've ever seen. Let's wait three years before we put this movie out. <laughs> let's let's just not put... There's proper procedures. <laughs> uh, so, yes, he promised their daddy I wouldn't... Uh, I would, he wouldn't let them take the kids away. And he promises that they'll be together forever. He, he tears up. I guess that's it, because he does a really... He does... He kicks ass at, like, tearing up and, like, his character goes through an entire transition between being the, um, the the caring chauffeur to like all of a sudden having a revelation about what must happen. Yeah, I think he was pretty much revered on set because those people do, you know, I mean, they obviously knew who he was. He was he was in a different league from everyone that was probably there. Oh, and yeah. uh, seeing him actually, you know, put his heart into to a, a scene in a movie as ridiculous as Spider Baby. And like you said, it was hot as hell. Everybody was probably exhausted. I think it was just kind of one of those things where they were like, slow clap. Yeah, <laughs> this is good. Someone get that man five towels. Get that man five towels and some Gatorade. Yeah. They're like, that might be the last line he ever delivers. <laughs> we're going to be famous. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, and so he... Uh, he leaves. Uh, he says he he knows where there's a nice new toy that'll do a wonderful thing, and you can all stay up late to see it. But I have to go get it, so don't get in any more trouble while I'm gone. Yeah, look at go look at the rabbits, George. <laughs> yes. Uh, 
<laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, at this point, it transitions back to upstairs where Emily is wearing her her lingerie. And she goes to the window to be like, hey, what's that? And that's when she sees Ralph Bat spying on her and goes for uh, goes for a nice little run in her lingerie. Yeah. Um, and uh, she sees them pulling Schlocker out of the dumbwaiter, to which she says, Schlocker! <laughs> that was great. <laughs> but but it, by the way, at this point, the movie is in complete bonkers mode. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the instant Lon Chaney leaves the scene, everything falls apart. Yeah, all hell is broken. All cinematic hell is broken loose. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it just goes all the way. So, so she runs out of the house and, and they're going to chase her. And, and the, the music like catches up to the whole thing. There's just random dog barking going on. Yeah, it was very strange. Yeah. Dog, coyote sounds. Yeah. Very clearly a day for night shot, which I which is awesome. I love day for night shots. Yep. Um and and then a whole bunch of scenes of just her like traipsing around in a field and then a completely different shot of the other two girls traipsing around in the same field. (laughs) Which made me think that as I was watching how wonderful it would be, because if I made this movie, I would make that scene three hours long. So just a regular movie and then three hours of them chasing her around in the dark for no reason. Yep. (laughs) Just to be a dick. So they chase her, and they're chasing her. They're looking for her. They're calling their name. And then uh, we see her, and uh, of, of course, they're they're both in, like, their, like, lacy nightgowns, and she's mm-hmm. in her lingerie, and we, we zoom in on her, and she gets, uh, she gets grabbed by Ralph, and uh, Ralph grabs her and pushes her down to the ground where, it, where it's below the camera line. Then Virginia walks up and and looks down to where they are, and she goes, "Hey, Liz," and that's it. Yeah, and that was the moment where I'm like, "Is he eating her? Yeah. Is he raping her? Yeah. Whatever's going on, it's terrible. It's it's not good." And you would like, I feel like the movie implied that he's eating her because you know he gets to eat whatever he catches, right? But uh, nope, 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 nope. That's not he wasn't that. eating her. Nope. Uh, do the math. Yeah. Um. Then we move back, and it's it's now it's it's Peter and Anne. Thank God. <laughs> yes, drunk as hell. Yeah, they are. They are both wasted and operating a motor vehicle. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. His Peter's impression of being drunk is hilarious. Yeah, it's it's great. Um, uh, he says he says one of my favorite lines of the movie. Are you really a Wolfman fan, Anne? That's right. <laughs> she says, "Oh yes, I think that's how every man should be, like a wild beast." Great, great line to follow up what we had just seen. Thank yeah. you. They pull into the parking lot of a hotel because they're getting ready to fuck. Mm-hmm. And it's full. Yep. Every every hotel and motel and Holiday Inn is without vacancy. <laughs> yeah. Out in the middle of nowhere in California. Packed. Yep. And uh, so they decide to turn around to which 
they almost completely obliterate Bruno driving his car because the because Peter is drunk yeah. and uh, Bruno is gleefully sad driving. That's right. <laughs> he's crying. Yeah, he's just he's just so delighted through his sobbing tears <laughs> and driving. Um, and uh, it goes back to the house. The the girls are playing. Uh, mumbly jigsaw yeah what the, i didn't know what the hell was going on there. they've got the jigsaw pieces out and virginia is just stabbing one jigsaw puzzle piece at a time and then isn't emily eating them i mean elizabeth isn't she eating them i think she might be eating them and and virginia catches a spider and eats it that's when elizabeth is like spiders shouldn't eat other spiders <laughs> yeah that's right virginia's like cannibal spiders do <laughs> Jeez. And uh, in the in in the back back of the scene, we see that apparently Ralph is quite tired, so he has folded himself up in the fetal position, face down on the couch behind them, with his, his butt sticking up in the air. Yeah, his his ass is just up. There's a rip in his shorts where you can see his underwear underneath, and uh, uh, Virginia is like, "Hey, that's just the right size for me to shove my knife in." Oh God. So that wasn't disturbing. Yeah, there's just this this whole elongated scene of her thinking about shoving her knife into his ass and then like slowly moving the knife up to shove her knife into his ass. But uh, at that very moment, uh, Peter and Anne show up. So she gets distracted. Yeah, um, very they, sweaty, both of them. Yeah, everyone's super sweaty, except for Ralph. I don't think he has sweat glands. No, no, Ralph doesn't have sweat glands. Yeah. They, that's uh, it's one of his uh, things. Yeah, he's just he's baby powder smooth all the time. <laughs> uh, they realize that Peter and Anne will tell on them. So what do we do? And and uh, Elizabeth says that we'll have to come up with a plan. And when she says that. They shine a spotlight on her face, and we hear a wolf howl. Yeah. It's very strange. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, when they get in, they keep telling them, oh, I'm glad. Oh, they meet them at the door. That's right. They meet them at the door, and each of them has, like, the, the skirt of their, their like, nightgown up in one hand. Mm-hmm. And, the same uh, pose, yeah. Yeah, they're in the same pose. And whenever uh, Peter and Anne come up, they go... Good evening, Uncle Peter. <laughs> That's right. That was not creepy at all. No, and his response is, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They immediately have this plan to separate them mm-hmm. and uh, take Anne to Daddy's room. Yep, yep. And talk about how much she likes her and how pretty, uh, calling her a pretty lady and you'd never tell. So they they get Anne into Daddy's room, at which point uh, Ralph pops out from behind the door and grabs her and uh, covers her mouth and rips her shirt open. Yeah, that's, yeah, sure did. Good stuff. Good stuff, movie. (laughs) Jesus. Uh, We we switch and we see Bruno stealing the explosives. Mm -hmm. Uh, It goes back and it seems that... uh, Virginia is in the process of tying up Pete, who is a who has drunkenly agreed to play Spider. <laughs> yeah, um, much like uh, in the original thing, when uh, what's her nuts ties up the captain in their little drunken game. Oh yeah, 
I forgot about that. I did too until this very moment. <laughs> Great. Uh, it turns out that uh, it turns out that Virginia is much better at tying men up than that lady was. Yeah, yeah no because kidding. he can't get out and uh, start slowly starts panicking. He even like before he really starts panicking, he's like, "How long does it take to play this game?" <laughs> That's right. <laughs> then uh, she gives us this all this juices will taste better thing and all this. Yeah. Like, yeah, that was that was super cringy. I didn't like that. No, it was very uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, then he see or no, she behind, over his shoulder, like behind him, she sees Ralph taking um, Anne down the dumbwaiter. Oh, that's right. Uh, uh, and she goes, I, "I I guess I have to sting you now," and does her whole like spider pose where she's got uh, her hands crossed underneath her chin and one knife sticking up uh, alongside either end of her face. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, that's when he starts to panic and he goes, Mr. Schlocker. <laughs> yeah. A little late to the party, my friend. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth summons, uh, Virginia away and she's like, don't go away, bug. And at this point he's like, all right, I got to get out of this. But, uh, he, by that, he just very slowly tries to do anything and fails. Yeah. It, it it's his like 40, 45 minute uh, attempt to get out of the chair. Yeah. Yeah. For almost the entire rest of the movie, he will be trying to get out of the chair. <laughs> After 500 cutscenes. Yeah. Of, of him just, just, yeah. Um, so we, we go downstairs. Um, uh, they, it, it turns out that, Ralph has Anne, but he can't let her go. Otherwise, she'll scream or get away or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to figure out what to do about it. And it's like, uh, Virginia's like, well, I thought you had a plan. And uh, Elizabeth says that her plan didn't get this far. Yeah, she says something about uh, how spiders draining the vital juices again. Yeah, more juice talk. Yeah, she's really into the juice. Yeah, she is. she has reached the juice talk stage of regression. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so they decide that they are going to uh, re- uh let her bleed just enough that it will quiet her down so that ralph can play with her better Jeez. great yeah oof let's get a saw yeah yes yeah, so get a saw and she like just keeps almost chopping her own hand <laughs> with it <laughs> it's like oh no is she really gonna cut her leg off yeah um, at this point, Emily wakes up in a field and walks uh, walks all the way back to the house, comes in, walks past Peter, who is tied up and asking for help, and makes her way down to the basement and attacks Ralph. I wonder why. Well, but the weird thing is, is when she wakes up in the yard, she's asking for Ralph, and it sounds like it's almost affectionately, which freaked me out. Oh, really? Yeah, and this was Ugh. another point that I wanted to bring up, is that... I was torn at this point as to whether or not they were implying that she had somehow fallen in love with Ralph. Oh, yikes. Because when she gets into the cellar, she sees him holding Anne, and that's when she freaks out and attacks him. Oh, God. So I thought, is that supposed to be out of jealousy? Because only only I can be raped by Ralph. It was horrible. Oh, God. I, oh. Yeah, that, that, was, that was troublesome for me. 
Oh, that makes more sense because I've I've read a lot of people talk about the the highly tasteless rape joke in this movie, and I yeah. I've been I've been trying to decipher what exactly it is. I bet that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. She because she wakes up and she's like Ralph, Ralph. Like she's you know she sounds like she wants him. It was horrible. Oh God! And I was like, oh God, don't tell me they're going down this road. And then she walks in. And then when she attacked him, my first reaction was, oh, okay, she attacked him because she saw him. I guess she really did want – she was calling his name because she wanted to hurt him. But then I I, re- I thought about it again, and I went back and watched that little bit again, and I realized that as soon as she sees him holding Anne, she freaks the fuck out on the tax. Uh, tell us the answer at LoathsomePod on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. I know. What a horrible thing. Yeah, well, we didn't make it. We're just talking about it. That's true. I didn't. I am just now realizing that, though. Wow. I know. It's yeah. It's pretty intense. Wow. Um, takes a lot of the fun out of the movie, to say the wh- least. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wind out of those sails. Um, <laughs> so while that's going on, Peter is upstairs and he's trying to get the knife. Uh, he knocks over the thing and he knocks over his chair and he's trying to get the knife, but there are spiders on it. And that makes it even more difficult for him. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Bruno comes back with the explosives and apparently also walks right past Peter. (laughs) By the way, everyone's just forgotten about Peter. (laughs) Yeah. He's just tied up having a hard time with spiders. (laughs) And um, Emily is, it it switches back to the basement and Emily is uh, grabbed by the feet Mm -hmm. uh, by, by the aunts and uncles under the floor. And uh, they grab her and pull her down to which we see Elizabeth make a comical yikes face at the camera. (laughs) No, that was so stupid. (laughs) And they're like, one of them looks like the wolf man, which I thought was funny. And yeah, yeah. I, 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 you don't really get a really good look at most of them, but I think they're all supposed to be wolf man looking. I guess so. Yes. They were all excessively her suit. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been cool if like one looked like the Wolfman and one looked like the Mummy. <laughs> <laughs> All the Universal monsters are in yeah. the cellar. Yeah, one Frankenstein. <laughs> um, and uh, so so she gets pulled down and supposedly eaten, mm-hmm. and uh, that's when Bruno comes downstairs and uh, he says hello, children, and they tell her that the lady hurt Ralph, and that's uh uh. They have a they have a whole conversation about how it's not going to hurt anymore. And at this point, Peter crashes down the stairs after yeah. after Bruno has lit the fuse on the dynamite. That's right, Bruno. I like that. There's like this wacky scene of Bruno trying to hide the dynamite or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and he's he's trying to like blow it out and That's like right. stop the fuse from going because he's like, oh, oh no, sir. I don't know how you got yourself into this situation. Yeah, you need to leave now. Yeah, yeah. You need to hurry. So Peter Peter grabs Anne and and rushes her away. And uh, so they're just all sitting in the basement together and um, the girls are asking, what's, what is it? What's it going to do? He says, it's going to make a big flash and go bang. And Virginia goes, Oh boy. (laughs) But looking completely dead inside while doing it. (laughs) It's a very, very distractingly strange acted scene. (laughs) That's when we see the family come out of the basement. They look like werewolves. One has like, 
wad of putty over one of their eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I put yeah. Uh, looks like werewolves, kind of. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Disgusting werewolves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's when there's an explosion and it fades back to uh, Peter, who is the douche from the beginning of the movie <laughs> in the frame narrative. He's got uh, his book again. Yeah, he's got his book again. I think like a pipe or some shit. Yeah. Um, and it turns out that he's the only surviving member of the family, uh, that that's how the whole uh, Mary family syndrome was extinguished. And uh, since he is the last one, he's inherited everything and is rich. That's right. He's married to Anne, I assume, right? That's yeah, Anne, isn't it? That's Anne. She's over there mixing cocktails for her husband, like a good wife in this era. <laughs> Jeez. And uh, they had a daughter who is creepy and looks like Sid Haig. <laughs> and lovely Jessica. Yeah, Jessica. And uh, so he's like, so yeah, we're there. That, um, that Mary syndrome was extinguished forever. My own family never suffered from the curse. The daughter goes outside. She looks creepy, looks up into a tree and found a spider that she could sense. Yeah, that was great. She she like looks at the camera and smiles. And then you realize that she, what she's smiling at is the spider that she's detected. Yep. It says the end. And then after a few seconds, there's a question mark. That's right. Yeah. But it's the end. Yeah, it's it's over. <laughs> yeah, they didn't make another one. No, no sequels to this. We should make a sequel to this. <laughs> Oh, yeah. With, you know, some things not repeated. Yeah, maybe a few of not those things. Jeez. So, so that movie's over. Yeah. We made it through. We made it through. It is uh, very strange. Yeah. And uh, very disconcerting at times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it can be. It it was a uh, uh, had occasion to be quite an upsetting film. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, all all those things considered. It was it was much better than I thought it would be. Um, I expected it to just be, you know, like silly but terrible. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, it is terrible in a way, but it's it's actually pretty entertaining. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is a completely watchable movie, and unless unless things upset you, in which yeah. it's it's not entirely watchable, it's only partially watchable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If if and and God bless you. If it does, if this stuff makes you uncomfortable, then don't watch it. Yeah, just <laughs> just have already listened to everything we just said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um. So does. Does Jessica looking creepy like that and being able to send spiders, is that trying to imply that Ralph raped Anne? Ooh. Uh, actually, I didn't didn't think of that till you said it, but yeah. now that totally makes sense. Yeah. Ooh, that's horrible. <laughs> I don't know when he would have done it. It didn't seem like there was a lot of time for that on screen. Um, uh. But there was a lot of, a lot of like, you know, this movie did a lot of, well, it's not on screen business. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, w- wouldn't want to show anything bad. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Super effective movie. And, uh, it, it's, it's really interesting that it's a horror comedy that is making fun of the movies that came before it, you know, spoofing mm-hmm. those older, older films, but then also was just so influential to what was going to come next. I mean, 
we just watched um, we watched Honeydew, we watched Death Dream, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, that other one, House. Uh, like I feel like this is a, a good cap to those. It's it's obvious that a lot of things came from this movie, which was making fun of older movies, and I just think that that's uh, super neat. This is like a very historically important movie for the horror genre. Yeah, and it's uh I mean it's it's uh definitely one that needs to be seen. It it's uh you know, for those reasons and it's entertaining. Um you know, like we said, yeah, it's it's problematic, but you know, fuck damn near everything was problematic in the 60s. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I don't think they're I don't think they're implying that anything in, that they're doing in this movie is okay, obviously, but it's just the fact that it's done in such an offhand manner as if it's just something that's another element that adds to the funniness or something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what they were thinking, but that's, that's the way it feels almost, you know? Yeah. I feel like, uh, I feel like the choice to have Martin Moreland in here was like, Oh, well, you know, back in the day he was doing this stuff. And so since we're making fun of back in the day, we might as well get him in here to do this. Yeah. I think he was probably kind of reprising a a character that maybe they had, you know, all kind of knew him for, Yeah. You know, just at, almost as a tribute thing, which, of course, unfortunately, he's I mean, it's, you know, it's his choice. But I mean, he's paying tribute to a to a, a, a stereotypical character that, uh, you know, history would probably like to forget. Yikes. Yeah. Well, aside from for, aside from that stuff, uh, <laughs> definitely worth watching. Yeah. 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 Go out there. Uh, watch it if you haven't uh, probably have watched it before listening to all this. Yeah. But if for some reason not, go do it anyway now. It's, <laughs> yeah, good. it's, it's good. It's worth watching and it's a historically important movie. You can, you know, whenever your friends talk about like classic horror movies and, and things that are influential, you'd be able to cite this and, and sound like a real asshole. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Just like us. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I think you're forgetting the influence of Spider Baby. Oh my God! Long Cheney Jr. I've always felt that Jack Hill has been overlooked in the pantheon of horror directors. Pre black exploitation Jack Hill, actually. <laughs> Boris Karloff. Boris Karloff. <laughs> I don't know what the hell I'm doing. It's fine. We're both doing it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, so John, I uh, I gave this movie a three and a half out of five stars. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was thinking <laughs> again. I was thinking the exact same thing, but um, I think, but I decided to settle on three. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that half star, I'm going to remove just because of the discomfort factor for me. It is quite discomfortable. I just, for some reason, that's worth at least a halfway to four stars between three and four. Yep. Uh, I can, I can appreciate that. It just, yeah. I mean, it was, uh, you know, it's funny because if I was rating it in different ways, like if for entertainment value, it was way up there. Mm -hmm. Um, But some of the content was definitely (laughs) kept it back for me. Um, A lot of the, like the cheesiness and the the fact that they're so sweaty and all the little quirky, those things are great. I love that kind of stuff. Um, You know, that they had basically no budget and they, they did, they just, you know, they had to, they had to be as inventive as they could with what they had. And, and the, the, the cast is pretty talented. I mean, they're, they're clearly having a lot of fun. Uh, 
you know, I don't think anybody was taking anything too seriously. So, I mean, except for Lon Chaney's little soliloquy, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, but I'll give it three. Okay, that's good. So that is a six and a half out of ten. Mm-hmm. That is a solidly in the go watch this movie category of oh, definitely great things. Yeah, faux show. Yep. Um, and John, I wanted to propose a movie that we should make to you after okay. after watching Honeydew and Death Dream and mm-hmm. uh, House, and then this. I I've been thinking about um, like how House and Death Dream took like different perspectives on the tropey characters. Mm-hmm. And how there's all this cannibalism, and I'd recently watched Nomadland. Uh-huh. Have you seen Nomadland? Yes. Okay. So Nomadland is this character study where it's just like a lot of quiet scenes of looking at a person living a quiet life. Mm-hmm. And then occasionally some things happen. Yeah. I want I want to make a movie that's just like the exact same tone as Nomadland, mm-hmm. but about a cannibal. <laughs> okay. And and the the like the cinematography never really like acknowledges that there's anything wrong with or abnormal with the cannibalism. It's just go, a person going about their day, their intimate life, getting an insight into their their insecurities and their their human foibles, and yeah. then just occasionally they kill and eat someone. So it's not it's not insight into the life of a cannibal. It's insight into the the life of this individual who just happens to be a cannibal. Exactly. The music never changes to alert you to the fact that there's a cannibalism happening. (laughs) It's it, it, the movie doesn't behave like it is a horror movie. It's just, that's, that's the scene, you know, like in, in Nomadland, there's a scene in which the, the plates that were important to her broke Mm -hmm. in this movie. He kills someone and eats them. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. And then when we, when later, when we give interviews and people say, so how do you guys feel about, you know, forever being known as the cannibal guys? And then we'll be like, I'm not really sure what you're talking about. (laughs) I mean, we made a character study. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We got Frances McDormand to be in it. Yeah. Well, I mean, she, she's a cannibal. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess. I mean, she, if, if, if in the sense that you mean she killed someone and ate them, uh, her character during the course of the movie, then I suppose. But I mean, when you think about it, we're all cannibals. Yeah. And it's not like she's an advocate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you're missing the point of the film. Yeah. This is a, you know, let's deep, deeply dive into the, the, almost the soul of this character Mm -hmm. kind of see, you know, what really makes her tick throughout her day-to-day life as an elderly person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, I, what's really more important than the, than the cannibalism is her attempts to repair the grandfather clock that she inherited. <laughs> That's correct. Yeah. It means a lot to her. Yeah. And so in her own elegant, subdued way, we see a depth of character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and also she eats human flesh. Yeah. Delicious. <laughs> gold yes and i would have said it on westheimer <laughs> nice yeah just just sweaty horrible people and uh, apartments lots of lots of scenes of just her sitting in her apartment and being able to hear the noise of other people in the apartments around her nice and occasionally she eats someone does she get the occasional job like she does in nomadland oh god yes she probably like like there's a scene where she works at like the the uh 
as a cashier at the Home Depot, but it doesn't work out. Yes. Yeah. She's a she's a server at uh, that little Greek restaurant right there by Montrose Boulevard. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. A twenty four hour spot. Yep. Yeah. You know when I'm whenever I'm passing through Houston. Yeah. <laughs> So there's, there's a scene of her just like smoking a cigarette uh, alongside the 99 cent only store. Yeah. Yeah. There's a scene where she she has explosive diarrhea in a bucket. And <laughs> <In> a bus stop. <laughs> just everyday stuff. Yeah. Normal, normal uh, slice of life business. <laughs> So this I propose to you as the the first loathsome things production. I'm I'm into it. <laughs> Excellent. I don't I don't know if she'll be, but I'm into it. Yeah, maybe we could get Mansus McFormand. <laughs> That's right. To stick his dick in the mashed potatoes. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Tan man. Oh boy. John, do you have any any final notes that you would like to say to the people? Things that you're thinking about, things you're dreaming about, other things that you've been watching? Uh, I, I'm watching the uh, remake from a few years ago of I Spit on Your Grave. Okay. The rape revenge movie, speaking of uh, this in, subject. Entire series of rape revenge movie remakes. Yeah, they. Uh, yeah, that's true. They had a part two as well. I don't. Did they go further from there? I believe there's like I also spit on your grave. Wow, it's uh, it's it's actually pretty well done. It's to say that it makes you uncomfortable is probably a, about as big an understatement. It's not the kind of movie I would be comfortable covering here, um, just because it's <laughs> the subject matter is 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 upfront and personal. Yeah, um, yeah. It, and it's very much, uh, you know, it, most people probably are going to say, that's not my thing, and uh, perfectly understandable. Yeah, I haven't watched it because I I, uh, I, I just been like, I don't know what I'm going to get from this. It's very intense. Yeah. Uh, I mean, her, her revenge is pretty creative, but uh, oh. yeah, it's not, uh, it's not a pleasant movie to watch. Well. So I've been watching, I watched them, still watching that, have not finished it, and um, thinking of any other horror stuff that I've seen. Uh, I can't think of anything. How about you? Doesn't have to be horror. I watched the entire, all, all of the Conjuring Universe movies. Oh, yeah, I did watch the new one. Yeah, I, uh, I, ha- I in, in anticipation for the new one, I went ahead and I watched all the Conjurings and the Annabelles and the Nuns and that other wow. one. Wow. Yeah, the Lelorona's. Yorona, I don't know. Yeah, um, very brave man. It's uh, it's uh, there. There's some good business in several of those movies, and it would be much more effective if uh, if you're the type of per- person that's like, uh, oh yeah, I really like Catholic stuff. <laughs> yeah, because this, in the same way that the vigil is like, we're gonna you know do this thing that everyone else does, but it's gonna be Jewish. This is eight movies. That's that's the, that same thing, but just lots of Catholic stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like uh, it it really it it really uh, trades in Catholicism, which is which is great. And there's some cool, creepy stuff in there. There's some fun world building, but uh, it's just like, well, I don't know, man. I don't I don't think that holy water is gonna work this time. <laughs> yeah, 
I guess it would be a very disappointing movie if, you know, the holy water just worked every time. Like, <laughs> I put crosses, I bless this thing, there's holy water, we're safe. Movie's over. Yeah, movie done. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, there, there, some movies were better than others. I wouldn't say any of them were great. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I thought the, uh, the, I'd say I've already forgotten the title of the latest one. Oh, the uh, devil made me do it. The yeah. Flip Wilson quote. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it was. I mean, it had its moments, but it was terrible. Yeah, it also really sucks when you realize that it is based on a true story in which uh, the um, possessed by the devil was invented as a legal defense. Yeah, and that the guy is clearly a horrible human being. Yes, that uh, that just uh, only had to serve five years for murder and got to get married and have a great rest of his life after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Let's make a Hollywood movie. What and celebrating a, him? Yeah, what a feel good story. God. Jeez. I sure do hope Mr. Warren's heart issues don't act up. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. But no, there, there's good stuff. There's a, there's one really good scene in, um, oh shoot, I think it's one of the Annabelle movies where like this guy's holding a crucifix towards the the evil thing, and mm-hmm. then one by one his fingers break backwards away from it so that eventually he drops the crucifix. That's a really good scene. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, I, I agree. That's that's quality right there. Yeah, that was that was. For me, the high point, uh, that and uh, there's a scene where there's like a a whole black demon and you can just barely see it. It's holding up the Annabelle doll. So Mm -hmm. at first it looks like the Annabelle doll is just floating, but then you see it's actually a demon that's just holding it and like kind of hiding and peeking its face out from behind the doll. That's Mm -hmm. good. Everything else, kind of whatever. (laughs) That's right. So go watch all eight The Conjuring movies. Tonight. Yeah, do it. There's probably, by the time this episode comes out, there'll probably be like four more that have come out. They're they're going to be making one for the Crooked Man, who I will say out of all of the nonsense of all of the movies is the dumbest looking thing in all of the movies. <laughs> Great. Yeah. It just looks like a weird cartoon. Oh, man. I can't wait to miss that one. <laughs> So go watch horror movies uh, and then reach out to us on social media, tw- uh, uh, Twitter and Instagram at LoathsomePod and on Facebook at LoathsomePodcast and tell us how wrong we are about everything. Yes. Yeah. Also tell us about what things in this movie made you feel sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll bet we can guess what they are. Yeah. And uh, maybe maybe there are some ways that I like trod on some things I shouldn't have trod upon. And it's okay if you want to tell me why I shouldn't have done that. Oh, yeah. We take verbal abuse very well. Yeah. Yeah. John, especially. Yeah. <laughs> but, mo- but mostly Josh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Say bye to the nice people, John. Bye, nice people. Bye.